Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Sheerlax Team Podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Heather Steele and Mrs. Tor West. <laughs> Hi, guys. Tor, welcome back. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm married now, which is just bloody amazing. It's such a good feeling. Um, yeah, super you happy. Look so well and glowy. Did you have, like, glowier even than usual? Did you have <laughs> Yeah, it was so nice. Thank you. Sadly, didn't get this weather, um, but it really didn't matter. And it was just so special to have some time off after the wedding. Um, absolutely glorious. And tell us about the wedding. We we well, we hinted at it on last week's podcast, but but we thought we'd um, save any details for for you to chat about. How was it? How did you feel? How was your day? Can you give us some of the the behind the scenes? Juice. I mean, I can give you all the behind the scenes juice. Um, I mean, what do you want to know? It's a feeling I had before when I did the marathon. I was like, I'm either going to be so emotional and just cry the whole day or just be so excited. And I couldn't quite work out which one it was going to be. But in the morning and like up until the end of the ceremony, I was like a ball of nerves and just couldn't stop crying. I think the minute, the minute I had a drink, I was absolutely fine. But I was way more emotional than I thought I was going to be. Interesting. I'm not surprised. Like obviously weddings are emotional anyway, but like given that you've had to rearrange this so many times, you probably just couldn't even believe it was actually happening. I think that's what it was, Heather, you know, like getting ready. And I, I'd, I'd like pictured that moment like so many times um, that when it was actually happening, it just felt so weird. And I was like, am I doing this right? Am I like, I think it was all those kind of nerves. And honestly, I woke up at like five o'clock that morning and I couldn't, I was, I thought I was going to be physically sick. I was so nervous. I, I think it's, it's just such a big moment. And like, you know, your whole life, you, you imagine walking down the aisle and then to have had an extra year of considering that, like it's no wonder that you were, that you felt kind of, all churned up but you relaxed you were fine and you yeah were all composed when it actually came to it definitely I mean I felt it was quite funny I mean Charlotte you know because you were there because of social distancing we could only have 90 guests in the main room and we had to have like 10 or 15 guests in the room kind of behind the ceremony room on like a kind of like a live stream yeah and Charlotte because you were a bit late to the ceremony not you weren't late but like you, were, you came <laughs> Can I, say, can I say a quick caveat? So we were like, oh, we wonder if non-Jewish weddings start on time because Jewish weddings, it's like a very rough start time. So we were like <laughs> 10 minutes early and we were the last people to arrive. We were like, ah, noted for future. <laughs> but as, as me and my dad were about to go into the main room, I looked to my left-hand side and Charlotte was the first person I saw. And I just, I saw Charlotte and I was like, oh, I just, I couldn't. I just wanted to start crying. It was oh, so emotional. Oh, it's so special to see somebody just before they walked down the aisle as well. So and you looked insane. Can you tell one about your dress oh I'm so glad it's had such a good reception I was so worried I thought it was really simple but actually looking at the photos maybe it wasn't so simple oh, it, was, oh, it was gorgeous honestly oh. it was stunning 
Thank you. It was quite a journey to find it, to be honest. It's completely the opposite, which I know is what everyone says, of what I thought I was going to end up with. If anyone is struggling to find a dress that they think is just them, go to Andrea Hawkes because it's just, if you're not if you're not into that kind of traditional wedding vibes, it's very simple, very British, very kind of clean and like those kind of clean lines. And yeah, I was so happy with it. I mean, you kept saying it was so simple. I thought you'd go for more of a kind of Charlie Breer style, like a bit more conservative, but it was quite sexy at all. I know. People who haven't seen it, what yeah. was it like? Um, so it was two parts. The first part underneath was a slip dress, but it was backless and it had uh, little buttons down the bum. Um, but the silk wasn't just like a plain silk. They call it hammered silk. I, I call it like ribbed silk, but it had like very kind of, not like a detail, but it was a kind of textured silk. And then the overlay was a little jacket that was a kind of mesh, um, like a mesh lace, again, with um, the matching buttons down the back, so it all kind of lined up. And then after the reception, I took the top off, um, so just had the little slip underneath. How long was the jacket? Because I couldn't work out if it, from a few places, I saw whether it was like a whole sort of extra dress over the top. Was it quite long? No, it was literally like a little, it's finished at my waist. Yeah, and it had like fluted sleeves, um, which I thought was quite pretty. But it was honestly the Andrea Hawkes experience was so nice, and everything about it you can customize. Like that jacket was completely kind of what I wanted, and it's not like picking it up off the shelf, which is so nice as well. Can you give us one moment in the day, like like if you had to pick one standout moment of like God, this is so incredible? What was it? You know what? It was the it was the ceremony because I think that's the bit for so long. I thought I wanted to get married in a church. I'm not religious, but I like the whole pomp and circumstance and the hymns and all that. When I realized I wasn't going to do that because I would have had to go to church in Gloucestershire every weekend for like six months and that just wasn't going to happen and we settled on doing a civil ceremony I was like oh it's going to be fine like not that special but my parents were really amazing and made well they put a lot of effort into making that ceremony I think quite special and to me that ceremony like I wish I could do that a bit all over again Heather we had a gospel choir oh wow amazing um, and I didn't really see this but they kind of came down the aisle I think they were already singing Charlotte you probably know more than I do I think they did, yeah. They processed in, didn't they? Exactly, they processed in singing. Um, and they were singing Kissing You by, by Desiree. And then they kind of lied up at the end. And then I, the girl, the bridesmaids came in and then I came in. And it was just that moment. I just saw Tim and I could just see him try not to cry. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. I do think like you all get, you know, when it comes to planning a wedding, like you get so hung up on, you know, the party and the dinner and, and all of those bits. But like fundamentally, the, the ceremony is the bit that you always come back to as as the most special part. For all COVID brides who still haven't managed to have their day yet, cling on to that because the rest of it aside, and I know it's easy to say when you've done it, but you know, mm. that's the special, the special part really, isn't it? So. Definitely. And I think put some effort into your readings and something that really means something to you as a couple, because look, don't get me wrong, there are some really lovely readings out there, but some of them are quite generic. But if you can make it a bit special, a bit different, I think it's worth the effort. Um, Tor, and then what have you been doing the last week? You went off to for a staycation. Yeah, we went straight to Dormy House, which was about an hour from the venue, which was so amazing. I think I was just dying to get away anyway. The hotel we had wanted to go to was fully booked, which was Fox Hill Manor. Um, but Dormy was unbelievable. And we were there for three nights and then came home. So not very long, um, but saving up for a bigger honeymoon later in the year. Damn right. Oh, heaven tour. And would you say, again, for COVID brides who are still waiting for their moment, was it worth the wait? I know, obviously, in an ideal world, you would have got, you, you wouldn't have waited. But now being able to do it properly, was it worth it? I would have waited another year to have a wedding that good. I think I'm sure last April would have been amazing. But to me, there was so much like pent up energy and love and like people just like exploded. Fellow brides, if that is you, please hang in there like just trust in the process. It will happen um, and it will be even better than you ever, ever, ever imagined. 
Oh, Tor, I've got goosebumps. I know, I feel well, very happy for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. So special. <laughs> Heather, how are you? We're kind of, you know, I should say we're recording this on Zoom, aren't we? We're on, a, again, a sort of a bit oh. of a circuit breaker. So you're down in Brighton. I mean, how lovely to be in Brighton when the weather's like this. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, it's busy, but no, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah, managed to go for a swim about seven oh. o'clock last night, which was really oh, nice to just okay. go and cool down. So, yeah, no, it, it's nice, isn't it, this weather? Makes everyone a bit cheerier. What have you guys taught? Maybe you haven't. Did you read much on your mini break? Yes, I actually did. I have read a really good book. It was, Heather, you might have read it. Have you read Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell? I haven't, but it is on my bedside table, ready to go. I really want to. It's been on my list for ages because I love her books and I love the way she writes. It was a very sad book. So I don't know if you know, but Shakespeare's son was Hamnet, not Hamlet. And there isn't much written about Hamnet um, kind of in historical records and stuff, but he died when he was 10. It's a common knowledge that Hamlet was inspired by Hamlet's death and just like the memory of his son. Uh, And Maggie O'Farrell has taken historical records and what the bits kind of she's pieced together and using her imagination has made this this fictional novel uh, about his death and the kind of the parents and the family and uh, the process like what happened after his death it's really sad it's quite like a harrowing read but it's it's really good I loved it it's beautifully written fascinating so mm. how kind of historically accurate is it I mean, she's obviously been through loads of historical records and picked up on a few details yeah it's not probably super accurate um but but no one knows the truth anyway so we'll never know if it was accurate or not remind me what she's written I feel like you have spoken about her before what has she written she's written a lot of things um the kind of what has what's the was it my lover's lover after you've gone I am I am I am as well I guess I remember Georgina talking about on the podcast about 18 months two years ago Uh, Hamnet won the women's prize for fiction last year so it has been kind of very well received everyone I know who's read it has loved it yeah it's good it's as I said it's not like a light-hearted read but it's very easy to read how about you anything to recommend books wise yeah I've read quite a few recently actually that I go through stages of like reading tons and then like not reading anything uh for a few months but I'm definitely in the zone of reading a lot at the moment one that I've almost finished this week is called Summer Water by Sarah Moss it's just come out in paperback came out last year and it's set in Scotland on like this sort of oldish sort of holiday park and it's just raining constantly as you'd imagine in Scotland but worse than ever and there's lots of different people in these like holiday cabins you know there for their summer holiday and each chapter is from a different perspective of somebody in one of the cabins a bit about Mm. and how they're finding the crap holiday at the moment I've got about 30 pages left but it's all building up like something bad is going to happen and you don't know who it's going to happen to yet but it does it sounds very ominous yeah it is the whole (laughs) thing is very ominous but it's also really interesting because I mean you're getting the perspective of you know an older man and they've had this they've owned this cabin there for like decades and they've seen it completely change from being like Scottish families like the English coming up with their loud music and all that kind of thing so he's a bit grumpy and he's like why is my wife being weird? And then a few chapters later, you obviously can see that she thinks she's in early stages of dementia and she's trying to hide it. So then you're always sort of okay. learning different things as the chapters go on. But no, so far, so good. It's a, a good, easy read, but it's definitely got like more interesting things going on. Small water. Okay, that sounds brilliant. Anything mm-hmm. else? Uh, I've just started The Paper Palace. Which oh, I bought, cool. I, yeah, I bought that. That's read. next on my list, yeah. I've got to read it quickly because our head of HR, Loz, wants to read it and I've promised mm-hmm. I'll... Uh, 
uh, give her my copy. So <laughs> I might, I'm in the office on Thursday, so I might try and read that one over the next couple of nights. You've only got 48 hours. Exactly. Have, have you read um, Small Pleasures by Claire Chambers? Yes, I read that last summer. It's excellent. Yeah. It is. Have you, have you read it too, Charlotte? Yeah, I read it last summer. Yeah. Charlotte didn't like the ending. <laughs> I remember that. We had to talk about it. No, you finished it at all. No, not yet. I'm halfway through. Um, I went through it. I, w- w- come back to me when you finished it. Put it this way. I don't know where it's going. Yeah. Yeah, you no, you don't. You, you don't, no. It's, re- it's a really good read. I actually listened to that, you know, which I never do. Oh. With I never listen to fiction. I always read on holiday, but I find it really hard to read in the sun. So it's kind of either sunbathing or reading. And so I thought I would just, um, just listen to it. It was actually, given that there's no distractions when you're sunbathing, it worked for me on that occasion. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Heather, I just well, I'm halfway through um, Animal by Lisa Tadeo. Oh yeah, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, I read that a couple of months ago. Yeah, I'm loving it. So this is the second. Well, it's not. Is it the second novel? Because I guess the first novel because the, the other novel. one was fictionalized. It's basically yeah, a realistic endeavor, I suppose, rather than fiction fiction. Exactly. So that was uh, Three Women by Lisa Tadeo, um, which was a big sensation. Was that two summers ago, I think? Yeah. And I mean, God, I absolutely loved it along with everybody else. Um, but yeah, as you say, that was kind of, she spent, what was it, 15 years or something ridiculous yeah. with three women kind of analysing their lives and then wrote that up into what kind of read like fiction, but was actually reality. So um, yeah, this is this is being billed as her first novel. And it is about a woman who is kind of, well, I, I'm halfway through, but I'm still not entirely sure what she's doing. She is. Uh, yeah, having read the whole thing, like I, again, up until the end, I was just like, what is actually going to happen here and why? So it's it does keep you on your toes. Yeah, it really does. So again, ominous is probably the word, isn't it? But um, you basically, you kind of find out she lost her parents when she was quite young. She's got real issues with men. It's not a spoiler to say, I mean, this happens in like page one, but an ex-lover committed suicide in front of her and she's kind of fleeing New York to go to California to hunt down a woman. I still don't know what her connection is to this woman, um, but she's got this kind of complete fascination and fixation with this woman who obviously has something to do with her past, something to do with her parents. That's kind of, again, not spoiling anything. And not I'm, spoiling anything, because, yeah, you clearly... Yeah, I'm 100 pages in and I still am none the wiser. And I'm loving, I'm completely captivated. I, you know, as I said, I love Three Women. I love the way she writes. She just paints reality so incredibly well. And, you know, again, that must be easier when people have told you their stories. So to do that with fiction is an even bigger challenge. It's just brilliant. It's it's so kind of cinematic, and this woman is so complex, but not in a kind of. It's not a complex novel. She just nice. does such a good job of portraying this kind of complicated, messy woman, and I guess that's kind of what she does so well. So, and yeah, she makes her really likable as well, because like a lot of the things that she says and does, you could be a bit like, oh, why are you doing that? But I think you do sympathise with the character. That's. I think she's really good at painting vulnerability, isn't she? She's like worthy of empathy. So. Yeah, I think it's brilliant and it's not, I, I don't yet know whether it's sad or distressing or any of the above, but so far it's just really interesting and juicy and yeah, I really recommend it. Shall have you been watching anything or? Well, yeah, I was gonna say the only other thing I have to recommend is Too Hot to Handle, which I- I watched all of that. Oh, I'm, I'm watching, watching it too. About it oh my God. I saw you post something on Instagram whenever Charlotte being like, I'm obsessed and I, I did watch it all whenever it came out a few weeks ago. I mean, I watched it all in 48 hours. Like it is the most bingeable series ever. I love it. I think it's so much better than Love Island. Derry. It's so much better. Than, yeah. You know what? It's more, it's pacier. It's got yeah. like, it's got more rhythm to it. And it's like, just, it's more interesting. 
Because people are like way more interesting as well. They've got lots about them, haven't they? Yeah, I like how the whole point of it is like a journey. It's obviously very American, but I like that they kind of go on this journey and, you know, come out better people. But I also, I think to all, but like Love Island, because it's every day they have to, it's live, yeah. essentially. So they just have to fill an episode every day for like nine weeks, whereas obviously Too Hot to Handle is super truncated, which I guess makes it. Yeah, that's true. Producer. Also, I just, I love the randomness of like the global group of people. Yeah, I just, yeah. I find that yeah. so brilliant. They're just so hot, these people. Like all the English people on Too Hot to Handle are super hot. So I don't understand why those people are not being recruited for Love Island because there are obviously good looking people in this country. I mean, what's his name? Marvin. Marvin was beautiful, wasn't he? I was kind of like, Tim was watching a series before the one with Marvin, but we only started the one with Marvin like the night before last. So is that, is that the newer series? Yeah, so that's it. So season one was last year or maybe even the year before. No, I think it was a lockdown treat yeah. last year. I didn't, I haven't actually seen that one, but I remember people going wild yeah. for it. Yeah, so that was season one. And then season two is the one that came out a few weeks ago. They have filmed season three already. I've got a friend who's a producer. So that was done in like January. So it shouldn't be too long. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, yeah, Marvin's a hunk. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, I just really love it. And I also like, now I watch Love Island and I'm like, what's the game here? I don't know, like the, I like the, the big challenge on Too Hot to Handle, whereas Love Island yeah. like, Point, also, I, I know everyone keeps saying it, but it apart from maybe like Millie and Liam and potentially Jake, I don't know if he does like Libby or not, like, but no one that seems to actually really fancy each other this you know, year. I do feel it's hard to get people without a massive game plan. Like, did you read yesterday that apparently Lucinda's actually got a boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, everyone. It's it's it always happens, doesn't it? And it probably did happen a couple of years ago, but it's more obvious now. But yeah, everyone's going in because they want a following or a pretty little thing, a count, or you know, whatever. New partnership is imminent for many of those girls. <laughs> yeah, I'm Team Million Liam. I love them. I think they'll go the distance. Yeah. Also, I th- don't you feel like over the last week they've actually shown a bit of Liam's personality. Yes. For ages, I was like, Pucky is so dull, but I think they just were editing it out. Yeah, he's been a bit more jokes, a bit more banterous. I'm here for it. Um, I also really, this will be old by the time wake up, this comes out, but I really found it so funny last night when, um, what's the new guy, Danny and Lucinda were like ending things and they both thought that they were the ones that ended it. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, I'm fully invested, but too hot to handle. Do it, do it in the interim um, because yeah. it, it's, it's been worthy, isn't it? Let's move on and um, tackle some reader questions. As always, you guys have sent in your questions on Instagram. Let's see what we've got this week. Um, someone's asked about workwear for home working. What are you guys wearing this week? Heather, you're obviously in a fabulous dress. Well, the thing is, like, I wasn't yesterday. I just wore, like, a petticoat yesterday because I was so bloody hot. Thankfully, we didn't have any deliveries or anything. But, yeah, I was just wearing, like, the thinnest thing I could find because yeah it was rather hot but no I've gone for a like basically the thinnest actual dress I can find just because yeah it is obviously rather hot. I'm in the office today and I can see so many great dresses floating about. Poppy's wearing a really pretty like white shirt dress that's really flowy with a notch a bit like my Zara one but hers is yeah. H&M. She got it in the sale for £13 which is Good insane job. and Tash our digital designer is wearing did you guys see Lou did a free people haul for the show a few weeks ago with the fabulous Ebony from their team and there was a white dress in it that is what these it's almost like a kind of Victorian pirate white dress like really billowing ruffle you know ruffle around the neck ruffle sleeves it's amazing and Tasha's in it today rocking it and making me regret not buying it still yeah it's nice to be out and about and see what she's wearing it's lovely 
Um, at all, what are you wearing? You're in a pretty dress today. Uh, you know what? We featured this in a roundup. It's from Zara from, for the gold edition. And I was like, is it weird that I want something that's on the gold edition? No. <laughs> cool. That's the beauty of Sherlock's, that everything's for everyone. But Exactly. But I think for me, yeah, has to be a dress. Never anything that's more than one item. Yeah. So yes. much cooler. Yesterday I was wearing like, I think it's my brother's vest top from All Saints and I had no makeup on. So every time I went on a Zoom, I, was, I actually looked like a builder or something. I literally <laughs> I looked like I was about to do manual labor. Like I think it's time to put some makeup on and pull myself. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Together. Um, best healthy salad recipes for summer. What are you guys eating in this ridiculous heat? Talk. Oh, that's a good one. That's you know what I, I was thinking this morning. I was like, I haven't got anything for dinner. I want to make a really nice salad. I know it's so boring, but I do love a good niçoise. Mm. I've had a few of those recently. Do you do anything to pimp your niçoise? Not really, but I, sometimes a salmon niçoise is really good. Mm. Or I know you've got it, but that uh, the one I make all the time is from that Jamie Oliver Five Ingredients book. Ooh. And they do a niçoise in there with a salmon fillet and it's really bloody good. Oh, nice, nice. I'm also quite partial to like a slaw with like a peanutty sartre dressing kind of thing. That sounds good. Can I tell you, there's one, we ran a feature maybe two or three weeks ago about um, creative uses with peanut butter. And there was a Nina Parker recipe in there, which I've made like four times since for noodles. And it's kind of like a slaw. You can, you know, add whatever, raw carrot, raw cucumber, just kind of shave some veg. And it's just like a really Asian-y, it's kind of a satay. I so recommend it. It was unreal, Heather. Well done. Delicious. Four oh, cool features. She did it. I think I, yeah. <laughs> I wrote that for <laughs> Heather. Yeah. Oh, watch out, Heather. She's coming for your job. <laughs> I'll write some well. I did a wellness piece for Tor actually about cupping therapy. So watch out. Oh, well, they, oh well, everybody's after everybody's jobs in that case. I had some friends over um, on Sunday and was I was going to barbecue, but honestly, it's too hot to stand in front of a barbecue, isn't it? Yeah, we so, finally got a little one for the balcony uh, yeah. whenever it was six weeks ago, and then the weather's been crap ever since. But now the weather's nice. I'm like, oh, it's too hot to put it on. Exactly. Too hot to handle. Yeah. <laughs> handle quite. So I made a little um, salad and I took inspo from I always talk about um a table with friends by Sky McAlpine but she has a panzanella recipe in there which I kind of took inspo from but I basically had it Sunday lunch Sunday dinner Monday dinner because I, I was so obsessed with it and it's basically just loads of different types of tomatoes red onion black olives peach 
Oh yeah, mm. thanks. Um, bit of mint, basil, olive oil, salt, uh, and a bit of balsamic glaze as well, all mixed together. And it is the freshest, most delicious salad. I, I keep meaning to add some avo to that as well. So we had that with like a big pesto salad, but then last night I did that as like a salsa and did it with halloumi and some wraps. It's so good, you guys. Doesn't panzanella have bread in it? Yeah, yeah. So I sacked off the panzanella. <laughs> I just drew inspo from it. Um, but actually, I do love fried bread. Is my weakness in these yeah. in these times. So I tend to do lots of salads with fried bread which is terrible but no well those are the things that make a salad interesting and let's be honest yeah um heather what about you any any hot weather cooking inspo yeah so um in terms of salads actually we've had it quite a bit my old boss we all used to like make lunches together quite often and she was an amazing cook and used to go to thailand and asia a lot so i've got lots of good sort of asian recipes up my sleeve from her but one that i've been making loads at the moment is a salad with mango feta chili mint parsley quinoa spring onion and loads of lime juice i'll send you the recipe that sounds so good it's a lot of chopping and obviously mangoes are devils to get sorted but once you've done it it's so fresh and if you get decent chilies you get like the real heat from that but then the mango and like a little bit of feta is nice and cooling it's so tasty and it's really filling as well because you've got the quinoa you know you get those packets you have to muck around with them like honestly it's it's so good you could do that and then additionally the nina parker exactly one and have the two together how delicious yeah. Oh, I'm I'm feeling very inspired now for tonight. Mm. I'm going to go to the shop and buy all these ingredients. Oh. I'm so gutted. I actually had leftovers and I left them at home. So. Oh no! Then oh. eat them. Then we'll definitely yeah, eat them. Definitely <laughs> oh, I love this question. As you know, we flit about quite a lot with these questions. Somebody has said advice for a 20 year old. I mean, it's quite broad. But what would you guys tell your 20, 21 year old selves, your graduating selves now? It's a big question. I know. Oh no, just to like enjoy life because I know everyone always says don't they like oh your 20s are like really fun like they genuinely are like I really look back at my early 20s now like I don't think anyone really realizes like how much freedom you have like obviously you're usually stuck in like a not very well-paid job and everything but I still feel like you haven't quite got as many responsibilities as you will do even career-wise like you've got so much time ahead of you to kind of progress and I just think yeah make as many new friends as you can and go on silly holidays with people you enjoy spending time with and go to loads of gigs yeah just have fun I reckon Heather that's that's such good advice I feel I can't really top that you've like smashed it I think I'd say career-wise I think when I was that age I was like oh my god what am I going to do with my life I should have my life my shit together I think like listen to your gut and don't feel pressure from anyone in terms of what you should or you shouldn't be doing and as Heather said like do what you enjoy and stick with it and get as much kind of experience and opportunity as you can um and just trust in it because your life will be go will lead somewhere amazing and you are the creator of your own destiny basically love that um how about you have you got any wise words I don't think we talk enough as a society about how your 20s are supposed to be really hard like I think we talk about oh you should use it to have fun or or you should but I think no one talks about how like those feelings of angst in your 20s and like throughout most of your 20s I'd or in, in my experience anyway you don't really know what you're doing and that's okay because you're not supposed to know what you're doing and I think we're kind of especially with like you know influencer society and Instagram it's so easy to look at 
people you know who are in your age bracket and think that they've got it all figured out or vice versa it's easy to look at people in their 30s and be like god I should be like that but you actually really aren't supposed to know what the hell is going on in your 20s and just you're hurtled out of the kind of school education system and you've got to just make it on your own and that takes a really long time to establish and work out and so I just say you know it's okay to feel the way you feel because you're supposed to at that age in terms of career I would just say be a damn yes woman like that was my big Mm. your 20s saying yes to everything and work late nights and you know be be the reliable person fall over yourself to to do what you can to rise up because you know you've got the rest of your life to be senior or whatever but you will you'll get there faster by just saying yes to absolutely everything so don't be taken advantage of don't let people walk all over you but tread that line quite quite finely I'd say okay somebody said that they loved hearing about our morning routines last week um Georgie and I touched on that so how about evening routines before bed talk I'm gonna come to you first I feel like there's definitely some elaborate routine you know what my not I have one kind of non-negotiable rule and that is at nine o'clock I turn my phone on airplane mode every night I love that um it's an easy kind of way to switch off and means you're kind of forced to not look at your phone and I do look at tv um would you, do you, would you still watch something in that time what you know how what else do you do to wind down I mean like 9 15 is my max for watching tv that's my like phone off at nine like 9 15 9 30 latest tv goes off yeah what happens after 9 15 do you go to bed I read for like an hour oh, that's so nice to watch. that's so good do you force yourself to do that like is that a no I think the more you get into a routine it's just your body kind of expects it and then your body will naturally want to go to sleep yeah do you find staying up late quite hard it depends I mean after the last like 10 days two weeks my body clock is all over the place I'm not going to bed at midnight I'm waking up at like eight but no not at all good Heather what about you um, I guess it depends what we're up to because yeah um I mean when we're commuting I don't get back till just after half eight so if I went to switch everything off at quarter past nine I'd probably <laughs> <laughs> make dinner and then go straight to sleep but I I think in an ideal world I'd go to bed at 10 o'clock but no, I don't. I'm not going, maybe half 10, 11, but depends really. I think finish work, spend however long making a nice dinner. And then I basically just, yeah, watch TV until I feel really sleepy. And then in that sort of golden period between wanting to fall asleep on a sofa and getting to bed quickly, brush your teeth and take your makeup off. Yeah. So you don't wake yourself back up again. And then try and go back to sleep. I always do that as well. It's like at 10, 15, I'll take my makeup off when I'm like so knackered and ready for bed. But the, on the odd occasion that I take my makeup off, like when I get home, I'm so no, you, for it. You, you should take your makeup off as soon know. as you get home. Of course you should. Because I just sit there in makeup for three hours. Yeah. It's so unnecessary. So now I just get lazy. Best everyday bralettes? That's a good question. Um, we've just done an interview with the founder of Nudia um, for the site, which is going live on Friday, um, which is a bit of a, a lingerie disruptor. So I've got bras on the brain at the moment. What do you guys, what do you wear every day? What's your bra game like, Heather? Mine has got very lazy over the last few years. And I basically just wear these sort of M&S crop top style things that aren't really, I don't think I've worn like a proper bra in about two years which I probably should do but no. <laughs> me you Heather I literally only wear crop tops what do you just find it more comfy yeah just more comfy and I think when I put a bra on now I feel like really restricted and I'm like oh I don't like it I've just got used to wearing mm. them I feel yeah they're just kind of easier to wear under clothes to be honest I, don't mm. know. Uh, I so agree did you know from speaking to this, the founder of Nugia three quarters of bras purchased are the wrong size how mad is that I mean, that is mad although it doesn't really surprise me because I've got like the tiniest boobs and well, I, I'm like a 30d or something I was like how am I a d my tits are tiny no, it's so confusing so I think it is really confusing I think the thing with bras is that because I've gone and got them like measured many times and like 
they're always different because boobs just keep growing or like you know they're always slightly different the size if you put on a bit of weight or you lose a bit of weight or like obviously as you get older they probably change shape and size a bit I think unless you go and get them measured basically every year you probably chances are you will end up wearing but, the wrong ones. But Nudia, say, this sounds like an ad, it's actually really not, mm. we are working with the brand, but um, Nudia, they basically have a fit tape that you can order yourself. It's super, it's like five quid or something like that. And basically you can have these video consultations to, that somebody will help you you know, measure yourself up basically whenever you want, because they're, they're saying exactly that. Most women only get measured like once every three years. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm, I think I probably- God. Do twice in my adult life the whole experience is really outdated isn't it like going to get fitted like when do you ever take a spare 10 minutes but oh, i'm gonna go pop to john lewis and get fitted yeah. you know you just don't so their thing exactly that heather is like you know women you, you know through hormone fluctuations and pregnancies and you know our boobs change so much so they're like you should always have like this tit tape on hand basically and you can it's, it's, it's called a fit tape it's not called a tit tape i'm really <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> tit, tit tape is a different thing fit tape, you should always have on hand um exactly that to keep checking because apparently you are just always changing it's really interesting they also said that underwiring is no longer a thing what as in like as in like you don't need it to be supportive correct that it that it doesn't that kind of modern technology that bras should be kind of built in a different way um and you know with just a kind of supportive enough band underneath it it doesn't need that wire but that also that's where the support should be coming from so it should never be coming from your straps yeah that makes sense yeah, which is interesting. Tor, what do you do? Do you wear a proper bra? It depends on what I'm wearing, to be honest. Like, if I'm wearing a dress like this, mm. like, it's quite thin, I always really worry that with those bralettes that you can see the nipples, and I really hate that. Yeah. Um. So I have a variety of, like, bralettes versus, like, very, very, like, kind of, like, T-shirt bras, basically. Yeah. yeah. Where do you buy them from? T-shirt bras, M&S, and all my bralettes are from Oisho. Oh, no, Oisho, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. they have really good ones, really yeah. nice. I love Oisho. Um, mine are mostly Calvin Klein or... um. Sunspot. I do for the cover because this one's got like a mm. thong, yeah, listen, like a thong, yeah, yeah. Like one of those like a proper thick band. Yeah. I, I hate that. Do you? I love it. I feel so comfortable and supported. Anyway, if you do need proper bras and you are looking to kind of go back to basics and get it really right, then do check out Nugia and Nugia. They know I'll, I'll look at that. That sounds really interesting. I'm going to look at that too. Um, somebody has asked, um, what were your first jobs? I love that question. I don't think we've ever talked about this before. What, did yeah. you guys, what were your first ever, I mean, whether that's a Saturday job or a or first career move, what were your first jobs? Mine was in Grimsby, where I went to school from the age of 16. I worked at the local Masonic Lodge as a silver service waitress. Okay, interesting. What was so, that like? Yeah, I mean, it was actually, it was actually really fascinating because like, you were mainly based in the kitchen. And yeah, you were obviously only allowed to go out at certain times while they did various things at their dinners and things. But they also did weddings. Masonic means like the Masons. Yeah. So as in, what are they doing? Like what actually happened? at those meetings well I don't know because women aren't allowed in but you know I guess they'd, they'd, there's one room where they'd have like meetings and stuff and then they'd have dinner and like different groups would come in at different times of the week so I'd usually do like one or two shifts in the evening in the week and then do a Saturday or Sunday if they had weddings and events there but yeah at the dinners yeah they did speeches and stuff in the middle so there'd always be like an hour's gap where we'd have to do like help with the washing up and eat like the leftover roast potatoes and stuff <laughs> generally no, we'd be going, it was like quite formal, obviously. So he'd be like serving soup and then he'd be there, like, you know, silver servicing the bloody roast potatoes and slippery carrots and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, it was honestly, I loved it. I made some really, really good friends when I was there and it was great. So yeah, and I did lots of waitressing at uni as, and after uni as well. So it definitely set me in good stead for future jobs, I'd say. <laughs> 
What was the biggest life skill you think you learned whilst waitressing? I guess it gives you confidence to just chat to anybody, to be honest, because you just have to. And um, I can carry four plates or five plates at once, which is useful now, of course. Very much. Um, you do like a propped up on your arm situation. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I think everyone should waitress at some stage in their lives as well, because... I think it definitely gives you an appreciation for whenever you go out for dinner, like the hardships of that job, you know. Just humility, doesn't it? Exactly. Mm. Be extra nice and polite and leave a nice tip. Good advice. Uh, George, what was your first job? Yeah, similar to Heather. My first job, I, I was desperate to work in the pub when I was at school. Mum was like, no, you have to concentrate on your studies, blah, blah, blah. So the minute I could on my gap year, I worked in my local pub for like two or three months just before my ski season, which was my second job, which was basically being a waitress as well. So like Heather, I can carry four plates and pull a pint and deal with rowdy customers and make all sorts of funny drinks. And That's yeah, cool. Did you love doing it? Yeah, absolutely loved it. I loved it so much. I loved it. Why did you want to work in a pub so, like specifically a pub so badly? Because I think I loved going out and I loved like being in the pub and yeah. (laughs) There's no great reason that you just like the pub a lot. Yeah. And I think, I think all my friends did it and it was quite a rite of passage. And, you know, this was, these are the days you were, like, paid cash in hand. And it was, yeah. like, old school. and Yeah, little brown envelopes with about yeah. quid in after two shifts. And you were like, yes, my drinking money for the week. Yeah. <laughs> Just spend it back at the pub. My first ever work experience. I was a features intern in style in 2009. Oh, very good. So that, that must have been prior to the pub, but I wouldn't have been paid for that. So that doesn't no. count. Yeah, I did work experience at the Grimsby Telegraph when I was 15, I think. I did a week at the the telegraph <laughs> when i look back at what i wore like i literally die like i'm pretty sure i wore heels which like makes oh, me Charlotte. physically cringe from the inside out i just thought i was 17 and out in the big wide world and yeah i did all manner of internships i mean all the bitch work forever and but but the first my first proper internship was at new look was at summer 2011 um, and I did a month there with the PR department and I had the best time ever. I absolutely loved it. And I loved the whole, like, I didn't know about you guys with your first London job as well, that that whole feeling of, you know, getting on the tube every single day, the routine of it, like going to get my lunch from Pratt. Like, I just felt so grown up and I got a Starbucks and I just, yeah. I mean, I really... Yeah, I loved everything. It. Also, Charlotte, I'm looking at my LinkedIn. I was a fashion intern. I think I knew that at Grazia. Was that at Grazia? No, that was at Glamour in Madrid. Oh, I mean, how fun. What, on your Yeah, group? yeah, it must have been on my year abroad. It was only for a month. Uh, yeah, Sorry. how random. That is, well, you know, we've all got a, I, I did many, uh, I think I interned with events, like you've got to, you've got to pay. Yeah, you have, exactly. You need to experience it all. Definitely. I interned at Vogue in Paris, which was like the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, that's seriously okay. cool. Final question. And this ties in really nicely. Um, I, I wonder if you guys will remember this. Somebody has said, what did you wear for your Sherlock's like, job interview? And would you wear the same thing if you were doing it now? Do you remember what you wore like back in the day to meet Jordan? No, but I remember looking across the table at Georgie and she just had Mouse, her lovely little dog, on her lap and she was like just stroking him like Dr. Evil. Bond <laughs> villain. <laughs> literally, literally. No, I don't remember what I was wearing, to be honest. No, sorry, it's really boring. I mean, it was a long time ago. What do you wear now? If you had a job interview now at Sherlock's, what would you wear? Pale pink and pale grey. <laughs> yeah, can't go wrong. 
Um, Heather, do you know what you wore? Yes, I do. So, yeah, only because I think I was a bit like, oh, shit. So I remember going to COGS, dragging my boyfriend along, like, what should I buy? And I ended up buying two different ones because I didn't know which one. But then because I ended up having two interviews, one with our old deputy editor, who's not here, and then the second one with Georgie. But, yeah, I bought a couple of things from there, which I couldn't really afford at the time. But, you know, when you're just like, I need something new, fresh. (laughs) But, no, actually, the, the one, I don't know why I bought it now. I've still got it, but I never wear it. It was like a sort of quite bright orange shirt dress and I'm like why the hell did I wear that to meet Georgie like I can't imagine her being impressed by it (laughs) it doesn't sound very you either bright orange no I don't know I I think I don't like it now because it's been washed and it hangs funny but I think when I first bought it it was really sort of fresh and crisp and looked quite you know like architectural Exactly. Whereas now it is just like a big sort of tent. But I think I definitely took my Vivian Westwood handbag along. I think I dusted that off for the first time in two years just to look like I kind of liked fashion in some capacity. (laughs) Do you remember what you wore, Charlotte? I do, because Georgie always reminds me about it. We actually, she touched on it last week on the podcast, but I wore, I I remember it so clearly. I wore black trousers. It was November time, so it was was winter. And I wore, I had a a blouse. Do you remember And Other Stories used to do like amazing silk shirts for like 70 quid and they did them in loads of different prints. And I had one in like a jewel green that had, it had jewels on it, like like the motif of jewels. And I wore that with a velvet blazer and silver loafers. I think, do you remember those incredible Zara loafers I used to have? That's what I wore. And then for my second interview, I wore, it was really wintry actually, and I wore black tights. I mean, I would never wear this outfit again. I can't really imagine you in tights. No, I wore black tights, black boots, like a mini skirt. And a black pony neck. It was quite. Oh, I, guess, I love it. Right, at least it was all black. Right? Yeah, quite, I think cool. it was quite Blair Waldorfy. I'm looking at Hattie now. I can see Hattie wearing that outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but anyway, it worked. Got the job. So um, <laughs> I would definitely wear something very different now. I think you just if if you're interviewing a Sherlock, it's just something feminine and pretty, and that'll be the job. Won't it? Or something bright orange, and you'll still. Or, or, <laughs> it worked. Something bright orange. And, <laughs> Um, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you both so much. Um, as always, please do send us in your questions. You can either email podcast at sherlux.com or you can reply to the question box that we put out on Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, um, on a Sunday, uh, don't forget also please to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye.